welcome to Three Wheeling Season 2, Episode 4. I'm Laurel Henning, Sydney-based journalist and writer. I feel like I said that the wrong way around. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Sasha Kelly, plus some new jewellery. Sasha, introduce yourself. Hello, Laurel. I think this is the first time I've been called your good friend, so I'm very excited. (laughs) Because that's a first for me, and that is thrilling in every way. Um, And you have correctly said that I have some new bling in my life. Um, It has nothing to do with friend making. It has nothing to do with podcasts. It has nothing to do with what I'm reading. It has nothing to do with what I'm watching. But on Saturday, I walked into Swarovski. Sorry, I have to really concentrate to say that word. And I impulse bought one of their new rings from their new collection. And I am thrilled with it okay but this just this isn't just any ring this is like (laughs) an f off ring this is a this is a statement piece of jewelry listeners and um we might have to post a picture of it but we will be telling you in this episode as we always do all about what we've been enjoying listening to what we've been enjoying reading what we've been enjoying watching and whether we've made any new friends um i was just telling you before we started recording that i've joined a new gym I think I've mentioned exercise as a form of friend making several times, but I'm thrilled with this gym. So I'm giving them a specific mention. It's BFT is the acronym and it's um, just all group fitness training. Um, I had two friends recommend it to me and I'm so glad they did. It's the same kind of group of people. Oh, I can hear the plane. Yeah, additionally, we are not face-to-face this week. We are recording virtually because I am being an old lady and trying to get an early night because I'm flying to the UK tomorrow to see my family for the first time since 2019. So when you listen to this in a week's time, I'll probably be holding you tight. Oh, that's so exciting. I know that I think I only lasted a year without seeing my family and I was beside myself. So the fact that you've gone three years, is that right? Uh, two and a half. Yeah. I mean, extraordinary. Yeah, so we're very excited. Back to very the excited to, for Laurel. Yeah, I just are really loving it. I, I mean, what else is there to say except I get really sweaty and lift lots of heavy things. But just even tonight, I got partnered up with someone and we went through all the routines and we had a good chat. And I just, it just makes me really happy that everyone there is such a lovely community. So I think, so I think my tip is actually like if you find a gym and it's not working for you. I went on the great gym free trial tour of Sydney. <laughs> and boy, is it a city to do free <laughs> trials of gyms in. Wow. And this was the second gym I got to and I loved it so much that I I gave up on my free trial tour and I committed. Um, and I'm actually really pleased with that because it shows that the trial worked. Oh, and she's now wearing the ring, by the way, as well. And it looks fantastic. I am. Gorgeous. Ah, um, so Laurel, what have you been doing? Well, I feel like I don't have a good friend-making story of my own this week, so I've co-opted someone else's. Why not? I have a friend of mine who was sending me a voice note, and she was telling me that on a recent, she's based in Brussels, and on a recent trip to the UK, she finally met face-to-face someone she had been pen-palling with for five-slash-six years, and That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? So this man is an artist and she 
came into contact with him via a sort of fundraising, a charity fundraiser, not, I'm not talking like big scale charity gala. I'm talking, you know, like the sort of brochure you might get through the the post where someone's raising money for a charity and there's an art sale or something like that of local artists or something like that. Anyway, so she bought a piece of art by this gentleman for fundraising for this charity, which she has a personal connection to. And then she got in touch with him because she so loved this picture that she ended up buying. And they maintained a sort of correspondence over the last few years. He, yeah, he's now in his 90s and she finally organised to go and meet him. And she thought, oh, you know, man in his 90s, it'll be a quick afternoon tea and we're done. She said, I was there for hours and then I had to like skip back to try and get to the train. And yeah, and now she has like multiple pieces of art by him and um, he lives in Brighton in the UK. It's just, isn't that just like the nicest story? That's a delightful story. I think I tried to have a pen pal several times as a child and it won't surprise you, Laurel, that I did not have the sticking power (laughs) to ever keep up the correspondence. But I've always been so impressed and I think those stories are just so delightful and it's so nice to know that even in this day of like interconnectivity and so many technologies and things like that, that just sometimes a good old-fashioned letter is, is just perfect. And that brings us back to the episode where I wrote my neighbour a letter. Now, that correspondence was short-lived in sort of two ways, I guess, and that was it. But yeah, reach out, reach out to someone, write a lovely letter. People love letters. And I was also reminded when you were just speaking then about a friend of mine at university who used to write her family weekly letters from university. And then she would stick up the replies from her siblings around her room. It was so sweet. Oh, I've heard two stories like that. A friend whose parents wrote each other love letters for a year when they were doing long distance. And another friend whose mother had a pen pal from when she was about 10 and they met for the first time when they were in their 50s and they kept up their correspondence their whole life. And it was it was like they they said that it was like meeting a long lost sister or something because they just knew each other so well. So I just think it's really beautiful. Sometimes a snail mail is the way to go. Oh, I love that. Well, let's move uh-huh. on to our cultural segments. <laughs> Have you been watching anything that yes. you've been really enjoying in the past couple of weeks? Oh, Laurel, I've been waiting to tell you about this because my favorite show of all time released a new season on Friday and I've already finished it. Oh my gosh, this is this is even better than The Good Fight. It is because it's season four of Drive to Survive. <laughs> of all the things I thought you were about to say. <laughs> that wasn't it? No. Uh, it was a lockdown discovery last year and I lent in hardcore. By the time I got to the second season, I had already bought Daniel Ricardo merchandise. I bought the best of all time. Yes. And I just, I started following F1. I don't have Foxtel or I don't have any of the services that let you watch Formula One. And of course, being in Australia, a lot of the races are in glamorous places on the other hem in the other hemisphere. So it is challenging sport for me to keep up with in the office in the season, but I just love it. And I texted my friend today. I've decided this season was summarized for me by grown men yelling, that's ridiculous. And how dare they about situations that they themselves had caused. 
and not being able to deal with the consequences, but then the consequences being drivers crashing their very expensive cars into walls. And so it's like just the perfect watch if you're feeling frustrated, I don't know, in any way. And then you just watch them all. The politics, it's so good. Anyway, I just, I could talk about any aspect of it for hours. So I'm not really doing a very good job by just jumping around and being very general. But So you, you weren't into Formula One before you started watching this series at all. Okay, so what what pulled you through to four seasons of this, if I'm right, that you said this was the fourth season? The fourth season just came out on Friday um, and I've been hanging out for it since season three finished. Before I started watching it, I remember once I called them race cars to my friend. I was like, yeah, they're just race cars, right? And he's like, no, they're formula, you know, very frustrated. And what I had failed to realize and what the show does so well is that it's actually a team sport and the real like puppet masters of it are the team principals. So they're basically the CEOs of the independent teams. So Mercedes has Toto Wolf and Red Bull has Christian Horner. And then each team has two drivers. And usually there is one driver who is in better contention for the championship. So Lewis Hamilton is the famous Mercedes driver and his partner up until this year was Valerie Bottas. So Valerie kind of in the Mercedes team works to win of his own accord when he can, but a lot of the time to support Lewis Hamilton. Now that's all in theory, but then what happens is when you get two red-blooded males out on a racetrack who've been racing for hours and the team principal over the radio says, Valerie, you have to give up your spot so Lewis can win the race. It's sometimes, now I'm using that as an unfair metaphor because Valerie often does do the right thing because he was an excellent teammate for Lewis Hamilton. Um, but sometimes they decide that that's not what they want to do or they sabotage. And so it's just a fascinating display of like seeing how men navigate what can be really bitchy politics, which is something that I think is usually associated with women. But you see just like these power dynamics at play and the fact that people have to fall into line. And I just think it's, um oh, it's great. It's great show, Laurel. And I think if you're going to go on a plane, what, there's four seasons there waiting for you to download and watch. You'll come off the other side, a convert. I am fascinated by the fact that, I mean, I've seen people waxing lyrical about this series and I'm fascinated by its success alone. But I'm also fascinated by you getting so into it when you weren't, you didn't grow up on Formula One. You're not from a family of rev heads. Yeah, see, so, for example, my dad loves his cars. I grew up with Formula One on a Sunday afternoon in the background of every Sunday roast. Um, I can even remember a family friend's house where we would go <laughs> and it would be on in the background and that noise, that ming, ming, ming noise. Now, I would think such a documentary, therefore, would really appeal to someone like me, but it's just not something I've really invested any time in, even though I grew up with all of that, like cultural background I guess a little bit more but it's um I love that that's drawn you and I love that you've got into it and you've got into it from that more like psychological perspective social commentary perspective that's great what a solid recommendation and I started watching YouTube videos about race strategies and like why they have different tires and like what all the rules are I went I went hard you went deep into this one I went deep 
So I feel guilty, like, giving it such a rave and then being like, right, Laurel, like, what are you going <laughs> to bring to the table that could possibly be as good? <laughs> but what are you going to bring to the table that could possibly be as good? I'm going to bring to the table something that I couldn't be more late to the party on. Once again, I have to thank my friend Erin for bringing me TV recommendations. And again, I'm so late to the party on this, but I cannot tell you how much... I have enjoyed this. I haven't watched a TV series with so much enjoyment in a really long time. Oh. The theme tune has been stuck in my head nonstop. It is salacious. It is funny. It is dramatic. It is dark. It is twisted. Do you want to take a guess? I'm just loving the intro. I can't possibly guess what it is. You're late to the party. It's dark, twisted, salacious. It can't be Game of Thrones. I'm not that late to the party. (laughs) You're not that late to the party. Oh, I feel like you're going to say it and I'll be like, oh, yes, of course. So you're going to have to Okay, I'll key you up. Succession. (gasps) Laurel, how have you not watched Succession? (laughs) (laughs) Once again, a demonstration of how we don't... Tell each other our recommendations. This is organic and live. <laughs> now the best. Oh my goodness! Another excellent TV show. Oh, it's just been. It does feel actually. It does feel. The last time I probably did feel like this was when I I was pretty late to the party on Game of Thrones. But probably when I got into Game of Thrones and I watched it so intensely that like I was thinking about the characters when I wasn't watching it and things like that. This is just. Well, I don't need to tell you that it's phenomenal because it is phenomenally successful. But as a result, I will just say I'm having a great time with Succession. If, like at least one of our listeners that I know, you also haven't started watching Succession, watch it. And instead, I will give you adjacent recommendations that relate to Succession. Oh, I like this new twist. So Excellent. I think you should read, if you haven't already, the New Yorker profile from late 2021 of Jeremy Strong, which is honestly one of the funniest <gasps> articles I've ever read. Have you read it? Yes. And do you know what? I had this on my list to recommend last year. And I had one of those days when, you know, when you go, I did read something. I read something very good that I want to talk about. And I could not remember what it was. And then it was only like three weeks later that I went, oh, this brilliant profile and I felt like the moment had passed so I'm so glad you it's brought it up. the most hilarious profile there are plot spoilers in it so if like me you haven't or I've only just made my way to season two or season three are new to you then maybe avoid or scroll very quickly as I did through those paragraphs but if you're fascinated by the dynamics of the show and the way some characters portray themselves or choose to portray themselves it is absolutely hilarious it's very funny um, so there's a New Yorker article and it's called um, Jeremy Strong Doesn't Get the Joke. So that's one. And then the second recommendation is a podcast I had listened to already, which is Edith Bowman's soundtracking podcast. And the episode is with Nicholas Brattel, who wrote the theme tune for the for the show. And it runs in different variations throughout the show. There's no other music throughout the entire show, which I think is so unusual as well to have like no other soundtracking at all. It's incredibly menacing as like its presence in the in the TV show as well. So if you haven't, like me, joined the succession party, come join it with me. Come join it with me. The water's fine. We're having a great time. Go and read that New Yorker piece. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. 
It's incredibly well written. And also listen to that episode of Soundtracking. But also I was going to recommend that podcast a while ago. So Edith Bowman's Soundtracking is a really good podcast generally, but specifically that episode with Nicholas Brattel. So that's my watching. I was going to say, can I give an adjacent podcast recommendation too which is the official hbo succession podcast which is hosted by my lady and friend cara swisher so they kind of go through the cast in the same way that you would with a lot of those official and the writing room and they move through a lot of the kind of official voices from the writers room but then unlike anything else they go and interview billionaires about what it's like to be a billionaire once they watch the show. So Mark Cuban does an episode and it's just brilliant because he's like, well, you'd never do that because at the time I dealt this deal, you'd do this. And I'm going, why are you talking about I have to say, I love it. I love it as a drama and a comedy. It's hilarious and wonderful and fantastically made. As a thinly veiled portrayal of the Murdoch media empire, it's also fantastic. So they're like two separate things there. And then thirdly, as someone who writes about like mergers and acquisitions and competition law, it's also really interesting. So when they're talking about the US Federal Trade Commission, I'm like, yep, yep, I know that. I get it. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like my housemate when I watched, um, my housemate in England had done his uh, university thesis on essentially the plot of Hamilton and so when I watched Hamilton the, the musical <laughs> with him he was like this is remarkably historically accurate and I'm going yes I think I think that's yes. the point <laughs> but he went oh that's very clever how they managed to get those trade blah blah blah, blah negotiations like weaved in so succinctly to that verse and I'm going Tom that's not actually the point of the musical okay but he was very impressed well no offense to drive to survive but i think you might have given me another recommendation for my flight right now (laughs) that podcast sounds fantastic it is brilliant it is absolutely brilliant so i'm going to jump straight into my listening then because that's where we are where we are okay And it's another, like, I've been on a bit of a music roll at the moment. I think because I've probably recommended all of the podcasts that are in my rotation and until I discover a new one, I won't have one to uh, recommend. But I have been listening to Tina Arena, (laughs) who I'm not sure will be a uh, reference. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Tina Arena, uh, Laurel, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) she's just she's a a fixture from childhood she's an Australian pop princess I mean I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but I'd say like she's for me in the same vintage as um Kate Sobrano and kind of Kylie Minogue like when I was in my early teens um always always on the radio anyway I've just been revisiting some of her music of late and I just think it's really um, flippin' fantastic. And I'm going to specifically recommend, because this is how niche I'm going this episode, Laurel, there is a performance of Chains. Right, that's the song I know. There we go. I was like, I know the name and I know I'm going to know at least one of her songs. <laughs> yeah, so so Sorrento Moon and Chains are the ones I've been particularly dining out on. But there's a performance of Chains that she does with the Veronicas and Jessica Malboy. Also might not be names that you're familiar with. I know the Veronicas. Okay, great. Um, And it's just so good. And I've watched it quite a few times since I've discovered it. 
And I have no qualms about that. And I think it's just a joyous recommendation and therefore I'm adding it to my list this week. No qualms to be had, no qualms to be seen. Well, I will follow that up with some additional music. Heck. Excellent. We're jazzing up your playlist this week, friends. That's what we're here to do. We certainly are. I feel like my recommendations are specifically for um, if in your place, in your place of living, if in your humble abode, you have, as I do, a little bit of a hallway where you can sort of do a bit of a sock slide. That's what I'm, that's what I'm recommending here. You know the song that I'm about to recommend. Risky business style. Risky business style, but with a bit more of a sort of female hip wiggle, lady with with attitude. That's what I like to be when I'm at home, when I'm strutting my stuff in my corridor. Now, my recommendation's twofold. Now I feel I'm doing this because I, I feel like I'm falling into a nice little a little podcast sandwich here, if you will, of music recommendations either side a podcast recommendation in recent episodes. Now, these are uh, Texas Man by The Chicks, which I sent you a few weeks ago. And I think you've also enjoyed. I hope you've also enjoyed. I have. I sent it to you the other day and said, this is what I've been listening to. And I've been loving it. I can't not dance when I listen to that song. It's just fun. Okay. And then the next one is new to me, but not a new song. I'm late to the party this week. I'm just late. I'm just showing up late. It's That's the theme, late to the party. There it is, title of this episode. Little White Dove by Jenny Lewis. Now, Jenny Lewis... Oh, I don't know that. No relation of Juliet Lewis, though goodness, I've tried to Google that she is enough times. Um, but she used to be in Postal Service. Oh, okay, again, probably Service. very famous, but I don't know it, probably because I was too busy playing Euphonium at school at the time being and listening to lame. Marina. I understand. Yes. Okay, so yes. um if you like me need to do a little bit of strutting at home, maybe you need to Always. have a little bit of attitude while you're washing up your dishes. Then Always. you need to listen to Jenny Lewis, Little White Dove, and you need to listen to the chicks, Texas Man. Here's my recommendations. You heard it here first. Oh, excellent. Okay. I want to hear your reading because I am already I'm I'm saying mea culpa and please forgive me and I've done every I have not done my homework the dog ate it etc etc because I don't have any reading recommendations uh this episode sadly so I'm I'm just foregoing my position and maybe next week I'll recommend two books instead you're just giving me a pass so (laughs) well I've already given you extra homework of reading with the Jeremy Strong profile from the New Yorker late last year but Sasha, if you're not going to do a reading recommendation, maybe I'll co-opt yours and do two books. So here I go. Gird your loins. Excellent. Recommendation number one. I'll do a fiction and a non-fiction. Here we go. <laughs> I feel like I'm... I just think I'm imagining what you would have been like at book week when you were 10 <laughs> or, you know, when you had to do your your presentations to the teacher saying... <laughs> I have just I have read the third book of Harry Potter and I am now going to present to the class. That's the funny thing is, is that it's not far off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a story for another Okay, time. sorry. But I sort of feel like I'm embodying the personality of the British comedian James A. Caster. I'll give you two. Not fiction and fiction. Here I am. Okay, so non-fiction. I was given, it's a short book, but a long form essay, basically. 
um, by uh, Ema McBride, who is an Irish writer. Um, and the, the long form essay is called Something Out of Place. And it's about women and disgust. And if you want to read something feminism orientated, we're still kind of close to International Women's Day. This is something you should all be thinking about all of the time, obviously. But if it is still International Women's Day sort of in your mind, in your arena, and that's something you're looking to engage with a bit more, it's just, it's a really good um, long form essay. And what I'm actually going to do is pull up my um, Instagram (laughs) entry on it, because I think I probably worded what I wanted to say better. So just to quote her briefly, she says, women are not all the same. What we have in common, though, is that at one time or another, in one way or another, we have all been seen or treated as matter out of place in a world we have every right to call our own. We have seen it, felt it, lived it and died it. McBride's brilliant essay This is my, I'm quoting myself to us here. McBride's brilliant essay begins with unpacking ideas of disgust, particularly the idea of, as the title suggests, something out of place. McBride also compares the idea of meat versus flesh. I'm flesh and bone, but that's different to being treated like a piece of meat, for instance. This is a manifesto, a lecture, and a battle cry, something that will allow you to let loose any rage you might be feeling at, well, the world. And that's me on my Instagram account. You're welcome. Oh, that sounds fascinating. That sounds intriguing. And I've got to say, as someone who is always, as I imagine many people are, wrestling with my own feelings about, well, just who I am and and my changing body as I move into my 30s, uh, I think that I've, I've always got a lot of admiration for women who write so eloquently about how that feels because I personally feel that my cha- my thoughts and feelings on it change far too frequently for me to ever commit anything to paper. Mm, I like that. And she's written it in such a tone that it feels like you're attending a lecture rather than reading something very intense. And I really enjoyed that. I felt very engaged when I was reading it. And also like, this is something you could read in an afternoon. To be honest, it is it is short, but very punchy and to the point, And I think you'll take a lot from it. So that is my nonfiction recommendation for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My fiction recommendation is the absolute classic Rachel's Holiday by Marianne Keyes, which... What a what a hug in a book. And that, that was something I really needed. Who doesn't love Marianne Keyes? Who among us, as with Lily James, who among us does not love Marianne Keyes? <laughs> Show yourself. You should... Stand up and walk out of the metaphorical podcast room if you do not find her beautiful Irish lilt just charm personified because that is what she oh, is. Oh, yeah, I've gone double Irish. She's magnificent. Rachel's Holiday is sort of the classic Marianne Keyes novel. It is about our protagonist, obviously Rachel, who then Marianne Keyes has gone on to write books about all of the sisters, I believe, or she will eventually write books about all of the sisters in this family. And I am new to Marion Keys. I'm late to this Marion Keys party as well. So I'm sorry that I don't know enough about her other books to properly describe where Rachel's Holiday sits within the Marion Keys canon. But here we are. Um, Rachel is living in New York in the 90s. She clearly has a drug and alcohol problem, but she's in denial about it. Her family intervene. They put her into rehab. And it's that really wonderful, classic thing of, yeah, this is fine for everyone else here, but I'm not an addict. Fairly heavy topics, but handled with incredible lightness and deafness of touch. It's funny, it's heartwarming, um, it's hopeful, and it's honest. And I think 
that's great. And it's, yeah, good comedic writing is really hard to do. And um, I think Marianne Keyes has historically been lumped in the quote-unquote chiclet pile. And I think um, that means that books often get looked down upon and this is, this is a mighty work of fiction and a classic. It's a, it's, it is a classic now. I can't believe it came out in 1997. I've got to say, any time I've heard Marianne, any book of Marianne Keyes that I've read... I have found an absolute joy to spend the time with, even when they are heavy, as you say, because she doesn't mm. she doesn't shy away from punchy topics. And <laughs> and also, mm. um, any podcast she's ever appeared on, she is just a really uh, contagious personality. I love listening to her talk, and I wish we could be friends. Yes, but I'm sure she's more complex and you know not just what she present presents to the world as many authors are but I've always felt like that real fondness for her like you would for a dear friend for someone I honestly wouldn't know off the street if I walked past her I thought it was her interview on Elizabeth Day's How to Fail podcast really blew my mind, I think, on Marianne Keys. But um, there's another little bonus recommendation for you this week. I just it's can't a... help myself. I cannot help myself. <laughs> it's a spiderweb of recommendations. It's the holiday vibe. It's, it's oh, creeping in. You're I just so can't excited help for your trip away. Well, Laurel, from all of us at Three Wheeling, aka me, <laughs> have... Our, our production, production team, team, our editorial our Instagram team. team. Um, no, have a wonderful trip. And we're going to keep podcasting just from different sides of the globe. Uh, the mo- wonders of modern technology. Um, so we're very, I'll be very excited to hear what it's like over in good old Blighty. But in the meantime, if you want to help support Three Wheeling and help our small but mighty team of listeners and friends and supporters grow then pass on the pod send it to a friend make their day give it to someone who you know who likes reading or if you like me forgets to read this week loves drive to survive (laughs) um it's that kind of stuff that really helps us find new listeners so uh we'd really appreciate it and of course you can always follow us on instagram laurel what's our instagram our instagram is at three wheeling pod and you can also email us three wheeling pod at gmail.com marvelous well until next time laurel bye 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 bye